Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com, and as always, I'm joined by our clever and gracious co-host, Dilly Algema, and stalwart producer, Simon Josie, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. How are you both? How are you, Dilly? Hi, Nick. Hi, Simon. Hi, Dilly. Hi, Nick. Yeah, so it looks like Dilly's been at the editing on the uh, script, because I certainly didn't write clever and gracious. Did you write clever and gracious there, Simon? No. Dilly's giving herself her own uh, introduction there. Very cheeky. We'll talk about that in a bit. I'd also like to welcome to the podcast my son, who is currently not sleeping because he hates us all. Uh, so if you hear any funny noises on the mic like this, uh, you'll you'll know it's him. Let's all give him his... Uh, like we were so, it just struggles. I hate it. It's so annoying. It just won't sit still. Anyway, that is not the thing I want to talk about to begin the podcast. I think Dilly has a really important update from last week. Don't you, Dilly? Our extremely competent producer of Simon, who gives us a very hard time when we make mistakes of a technical nature. Is that who you're talking about, Nick? Uh, yeah, I think that's the guy. And what exactly happened to our wonderful, competent producer, Simon, last week, Nick? Well, I believe after having had a go at you a few months ago for not turning your microphone on, uh, producer Simon, well, didn't he just go and record a podcast without turning his microphone on? Mm, sounded very, the, the fidelity was very poor. <laughs> very poor fidelity. <laughs> Have you got anything to say for yourself, Simon? Uh, well, I certainly sound a lot better this week, don't I? Well, it depends if you turn your mic on, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we all know when we listen to the recording. I guess. Humble pie, I think, uh, is what I might be eating at the moment. Served with a good side of cream. Do you serve cream with humble pie? Is humble pie a savoury or a sweet? I think it's bitter, isn't it? I always assumed it was a savoury dish. Envy is bitter, but this is not envy. Oh, that's true. I do not envy you. No, this is this is deep shame. This it's is deep <laughs> shame and head hanging. Indeed, indeed. I was shocked. I was shocked to read your message where you declared that you had not turned your microphone on. I was very disappointed. I was aghast. I needed my smelling salts. <laughs> I like the idea that you're like <laughs> on a fainting couch clutching your pearls. Um, no, I think it sounded pretty good given the fact that producer Simon must have just like 17 different backup mics, all of them that sound okay. Much better than when I've recorded the podcast with my headphones. So... <laughs> Uh, fair play. Fair play, I say. But yeah, hopefully, if everything has gone according to plan, we're all sounding correct and in order, which is which is a good job too. Yeah. I would say. L listeners, I have to say though, Simon is the magic weaver amongst us. And when we actually do make mistakes, he manages to make us sound excellent. And he did the same with himself. So yeah, he, he found he found a plug in at the back of the drawer. <laughs> and uh, and off he went, fixed his audio. Fixed his own stuff, yeah. Like he's fixed ours time and time again. Indeed. Full of the microphone recommendations is our Simon. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's a good thing that our mics are working this week because I've got a story that's been developing for about six months that I've not really been talking about. And I was kind of wondering whether I should. And then I had a moment on Saturday and I realized I probably need to talk about this on the podcast. So here goes nothing. As you know, listeners, 
Dilly, Simon, I have two children, a full-time job, and sometimes, just sometimes, I say funny things on a podcast. It's a busy life I lead, so I don't have a lot of time for much else. I certainly don't have enough time to make new enemies. But you know, sometimes, just sometimes, life tosses you a surprise or two, and mine has come in the form of a burgeoning new dislike for a certain bakery employee who works near my home. I call them the Bakery Goblin, and slowly, over the last 12 months, I've begun to hate their stupid, stupid face. And it, it basically, it stems from an incident that occurred, I guess, in the summer, maybe. I can't quite pinpoint uh, when this burgeoning hatred began. But the supermarket I go to every week to do my sh- do our shopping has a bakery attached. Mm-hmm. And usually the bakery workers are chipper nice people and then one day there was a new employee and they just looked less friendly than all the others and my first interaction with them was to order a cup of coffee and it's almost as if that very action of ordering infuriated them to such an extent that they've been taking it out on me ever since so essentially what happened was i ordered a cup of coffee and uh, they heard my accent and then started asking me really impertinent questions. So I said, can I get a cappuccino have mm-hmm. dinner? Now the process of that is here or do mitname, order do mitname. And, mm-hmm. and she went here, order do mitname and like in a really like arsy tone. And I was like, oh. okay. And I was like, ignore that. It's not the end of the world. And I said, do mitname and bitter. And she said, huh? Huh? And I was like, do mitname and bitter. Yeah. And she went, eh, eh. And I was like, she just did it twice. And I was like, do mit name and bitter. And I was like, and I was like, is this Kla, um fussy? And she was like, and she looked at me like, like sort of shocked. And um, then she made it. And what she asked is a really stupid question, like a question that you never ask in that interaction. I asked her if, if I wanted a lid for the coffee, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, yeah, like looked at her quizzically. And she took it, she took real affront at the fact I was quizzical about the fact that she was asking us this question. And every interaction afterwards has got worse and worse and wow. worse. So what happens now is I go and I say, and I make basically the same order every every week. And I ordered like a rustacana. And then they, she just rings me up straight away. Like rings us up straight away. Like doesn't ask if I want anything else. Just rings up the first thing. And then I go, um, and she'll go and some semel alk bitter or something like that. Or I need a semel alk bitter. And she just goes, oh, like that. And it's just like, it's a trope. Oh. It's really bad. And I know this is the trope of like bad customer service, but this is just obnoxious. And it is. this is how bad it is. When I was with my daughter and I ordered and my daughter picked up on the fact that she was being an asshole and she went, said in English in front of her, daddy, why doesn't she like you? <gasps> like, so my daughter knows she's three years old. She can see she doesn't like us. And I, don't, I just don't understand what's wrong with this person. Is that what you said? You should have. No, I just, I just went, I just went, she, she really hates foreign people. Because <gasps> <laughs> it's fucking true. It's, that's, that's why she hates us. She hates us because I've got an accent and she hates us maybe for like lots of other reasons. I don't know. She, just, for some reason, she's just, she's vile. She's horrible. Really, really horrible. Do, does she do this in front of, in, within the earshot of one of her colleagues? Usually the, there's one colleague in the back, like dealing with, uh, the stuff that's baking and there's another one and and the weird thing is there's another colleague who works there who is 
the complete opposite. Just lovely, just absolutely lovely person. Really, really nice, really kind. And just always says something nice to my daughter. And uh, she's, I don't know, I just don't understand. I can't understand what, maybe there's some like key balance that they've created than these, these two entities. One really nice person and one just awful human being in order for this bakery to function effectively. I don't know. A good cop, bad cop situation. So when you said that, like, you have this hatred for a bakery employee, I couldn't quite believe it. I thought you were exaggerating. I mean, you hatred or to hate someone, I mean, that's a really strong verb. And I couldn't imagine Nick using it willy-nilly. Um, and then when you just said what it's like, I realized that, I mean, exactly how do you escalate a coffee order? Like it's an interrogation. And exactly. Then, oh, and this is how you do it. And to the point where I like I walked I walked up to the bakery and they were working on Saturday and the look the look she gave us when I walked up and I was just like I just went fuck this and I just walked off and I went to a different bakery and I was like this is how bad it is I've, I'm so close to just writing a letter to the bakery to complain about it like, and I never I would never do that I didn't have, there's so many things I, I I don't have the energy to hate people I've mm. always tried to avoid saying that word. But I like, I properly hate this person. Can I make a suggestion that perhaps you subcontract that to Dilly? Because I think that's one of her specialities. <laughs> I, I, I she got that money that. out the bank, didn't you? Yeah. Exactly. And also, yeah. I, I got the free bread from my bakery where the employee was mean to me. Exactly. Mm. And I got mm. a very big free bread. The thing that I makes me not want to do that is mm. i know what it's like to work a shitty job and everyone's fighting their own personal battles that's like a mantra i always stick to when somebody's shitty to us i'm like you just don't know what's going on in people's lives but every day with each interaction <laughs> every interaction every interaction gets worse and worse uh, have you seen her or i'm taking it's a she yeah have you seen her interact with other people yeah as far as i can tell I'm the only one who gets singled out. It gives me like proper anxiety now. I can imagine it must be distressing. But the part of it is because I know I'm, my pronunciation's lazy, right? Which is why I picked up on it. Like my pronunciation's lazy. She's constantly going, ha, when I say things as if I've said it wrong. Ah. And I'm like, this has never happened before. And like, I, that's the why I say, I, I think it's because I'm She's I'm aggressive. Not, I, I should know. She makes you feel like you're inadequate you're in your pronunciation. And and how fucking weird is that, right? Because I'm like, mm. I couldn't give a shit what she thinks. But in that moment of the interaction, it feels so belittling that it's just like, yeah. I want to just swear in her face and just tell her how much of a fucking prick she is. But like, I know that's not that's not way, any way to behave, especially if you're with your kids. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that my daughter can observe it and see there's a problem. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how I'm resolving this. I mean, and the fact that she would continue to do that and the fact that she would continue to do that also when your little one is just there that's like super mean i'd write a i'd write a complaint here but like a part of me i don't know maybe it's because i'm a masochist but i'm like i don't suffer from xenophobia at all really this is the most i've ever suffered from someone clearly taking a dislike to me because mm. i've got an accent i think the other side of it is i do speak english because I only exclusively speak English to my daughter. So when she's with us, I'm switching from German to English, German mm. to English. And this is the contrast. The bakery, this person's horrible. You go to the Metzger and the Met everyone in the Metzger knows my daughter. Mm -hmm. 
and, and to the point that when I go on my own to the, to the supermarket, like, where's your daughter? Mm. Like, we're sort of like, like, and the love, the interaction, some of them loved speaking to us in English. Like, they're just, like the, the vast majority of the people who work there, just lovely. And then there's just this one person who finds, it just, it just finds a way of just getting right under my skin. And I'm like, do I just yeah. ignore it or do I say something or... I don't know. I think there's 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 more to come from from this interaction, but I just I just don't get it. The the other thing that's really that 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 this is one of the interactions that happened recently is, do you know how we go to the bakery and if you go to the bakery late, they move all the bread into like like one section, mm -hmm. like so they clean out one mm -hmm. like the bits that are empty and then they put everything together, but then they don't change the labels, mm. and so you, you unless you know the inventory of your local bakery like off the top of your head you kind of you're probably going to go by the labels and you're probably going to get it wrong and every time i've got it wrong she corrects us like uh, like i'm a moron or something and she says it in the way that british people correct foreigners so they say it like you're an idiot that she slows it all down so das ist nicht ein sonnenblumen semmel and i'm just like <laughs> I'm like standing going, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe you are doing this. Oh, I wish I could be there with you. Not just to observe, but yeah. like, do you have a friend you can take to the bakery with you? Nah, I'm going to deal with it myself. I think we're the only, the only way. Like, I hate the idea of, of writing a letter, but I think that's actually the only way that things get move forward because it's just so low key. It's so low level. I'm actively avoiding going to that bakery for the very reason that I just don't want to interact with it. If if you were doing this in 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 the UK, I mean, this whole writing an email, writing a letter thing is, it's kind of to me a little bit thermonuclear, which is that if it's such a problem, isn't wouldn't we think actually the right thing to do is to go and say, hey, can I please speak to the manager, and speak privately to the manager first of all, rather than write a letter, because. You know, also from just from an HR perspective, once something's in writing, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to manage that, or to you know, because it's it's black and white. But I know that in Germany, it's all about writing letters and emails and things, isn't it? Is it? And and oh. to me, that's a big cultural difference because kind of the way I've been brought up is that you actually try and confront it face to face before mm -hmm. you write an email, and certainly in a work situation i would at least in the in the companies i've worked in i would and and sort of the culture that i've grown up in i mean the work culture i would consider it to be actually a little bit of a failing to go to writing something first mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to talk to people about it first of all like as if yeah as as yeah it, it, that's why i find it kind of interesting that there's this go to writing reaction so fast here in germany yeah i think the reason i would do it is there's no there's no real manager like then no, they don't there's no noticeable manager on site mm. it's a very small bakery mm -hmm. and also like what do i say like oh that girl was mean to me like it's, it's so low level even writing it well i wouldn't like my instinct isn't to write anything my instinct is just do the very british thing of just avoiding this confrontation entirely and yeah. just going driving down the road and going to a different bakery I, I i think the fact that your daughter that she picked up on it, it to me that's very very interesting and that would be the thing it's like hey i'm not imagining this my you know mm. my daughter mm. my daughter picked up on this now 
something's going on here and we need to sort it out. Um, I don't know, I, but I don't know really what, what works in Germany. What, what the hell do I know? I never go out, right? I would be interested to hear what the listeners think about this, what they think I should do. So listeners, if you have an idea how to solve my bakery goblin problem, please do write us an email at decadesfromhome at gmail.com or get me on Twitter, one of the two, uh, and tell me what you think I should do. Um, we can make it a, like a, um, a, one of those um, read your own adventures. Turn to page 56 to find out how Nick deals with bakery goblin. <laughs> Of course, you know, Dilly thinks I'm a, an active spy, and that being the case, I would say, well, just take her out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if writing a letter is too extreme, then I think maybe that that's a, a step even further, you know. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Can I add something to that? Um, so with my, in my experience, I mean, I've I've had to write like a couple of formal complaints. So one was to the agent of your update. I don't know whether I've spoken about it. And that's the unemployment bureau, uh, or the bureau of unemployment. And the and like one recent one was to this bakery. And in my experience, and this did not happen with the bakery, but whenever I, I mean, the, of course, the first thing I did was at the unemployment bureau, I tried to talk to someone inside, and I made an appointment, and I went there. And uh, the first thing they said was, I'm sure that conversation didn't happen. I'm sure it was a misunderstanding. And that scares the shit out of me. Because with that, they really pull the rug from under your feet. And then you have nothing, not a fucking leg to stand on. Because the moment someone says, I'm sure that didn't happen, then there's, there's nothing to do anything about. And mm -hmm. my problem was, because I had just uh, finished working at the university and I was and am still a student, a PhD student, and then uh, my caseworker told me that I will not get payments until I expatriate myself. And I did that, and then the university wasn't happy with me. And then one day I realized that I was still known as a PhD student in the system at the Bureau of Unemployment, and then I was wondering mm -hmm. why she would, I mean, she, you told me to leave the university, so how come you haven't changed my status in your uh, system? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm sure your caseworker didn't say that to you. I'm sure this is a misunderstanding. So I went back with, mm -hmm. to make a formal complaint and they wouldn't believe me. And nobody would believe me because apparently you can be a PhD student and still uh, be registered as unemployed and be looking for a job mm -hmm. and they wouldn't believe me. The luckiest thing that happened to me was that the caseworker had called me and had left a message on my phone, a voice message. And then I, I pulled it out and I had the complaint, the transcript of that. I had everything written down to hand over in a file. And the file was like 20 pages long, uh, like mm. all the consequences, everything. I documented it. And then I played the voice message and I said, oh, okay, so if you say it didn't happen and if you think like, okay, my German is too bad, I probably misunderstood something, then how do you explain this? Ah, oh, yeah, that, that I don't know. And it really scares yeah. me when you have to make a complaint about something that they have not uh, witnessed themselves. It's very scary. It's, I mean, I mean this is like mm -hmm. gaslighting and all that. Well, well that's it. It's, it, it. Thinking about what Simon was saying about writing letters and that being extreme, that's a, that's a very kind of cultured kind of perception of what that is. Whereas if it is 
normal in Germany to do that when you're upset about something and you want to make a complaint and you put it into a letter and you send it off, then that is more likely to be taken more seriously because you're going through a process that people of in, in, in German culture would understand. Mm. Whereas I'm not sure they would fully appreciate if I was like, if I was really British about it and try to deal with it in the way I would if I was British, which is to confront the situation directly or to confront the manager about it. Mm -hmm. And I think you wouldn't, you, I think it, you wouldn't get the same reaction. But again, it just doesn't feel, it, it feels petty. And that's shit as well. Cause then I'm like, I feel, I feel like anxious about it and I feel actually really angry about it. But uh, at the same time, my own kind of personal rules dictate that I wouldn't don't complain, like just get on with it, muddle through that kind of concept. And it's like that, that's equally what I'm fighting is my own desire not to rock the boat, you know, and not to. But it's rocked already. I mean, you, you sometimes go to the other bakery, you sometimes don't go in and your daughter has to witness un very awkward interactions that shouldn't happen. I mean, there is yeah. the boat is not still, and it's not your fault. I mean, my daughter can work it out because she, she's quite perceptive of of these things, and also she's learning a lot about like relationships through kindergarten. Mm -hmm. But I was I was pretty surprised that she picked up on how how this person was acting, and I don't I don't know. It's about it's me. It's not to do with my daughter. It's me mm -hmm. and her that have the beef. My best solution to deal with the problem is to go somewhere else, which is an inconvenience, but ultimately might be the best solution but like i said i'll be interested to hear what the uh what the listeners think so do drop us a line and let us know what you uh what you would suggest moving swiftly on from my pain of the bakery i want to just do a quick update on the farming protest which is continuing through to this week uh, there's been some sporadic events across germany on monday as well as a major rally in berlin that saw thousands of tractors return to the brandenburg gate this time though they were joined by finance minister and fdp leader christian lindner who gave a speech to the assembled protesting farmers which went down like a lead balloon and it was only within like seconds of him beginning to speak that uh, he was heckled uh, by by various people in attendance so yeah, it doesn't look like things are going to change anytime soon. There's been discussions with government, but no clear path to a solution for the farming protest. But what I did want to mention was we drove through the countryside on Sunday. Most of the villages that we went through had banners. There was forklifts with signs. There was people in fields with uh, big signs as well. And even some Wellington boots hanging from a street sign, which is apparently a thing connected to the protests. So uh, it's... Um, febrile i would say around here at the moment with regards to the farmers a lot of angry people i don't know what it's like where, where you you are um but yeah it's still it's still carrying on a pace my experience with the strike um, i mean i completely understand where the farmers are coming from um at the same time though like so they go around in their big tractors and they do not stop at the red light and this is what I saw with my own eyes. I was waiting at a crossing and I had the green light. There was another person who was just as confused as I was. The tractors had the red light and they wouldn't stop. And I thought, mm. okay, so a strike is one thing and to go about in your tractors, I get that. But then why would you think the road rules don't apply to you? That's very unsafe. 
I, I want to be supportive of them because I do feel like they they have a lot of challenges mm-hmm. within their industry, and being a farmer is mm-hmm. is a thankless task. And but the other side of it is there's a lot of conceit. There's a lot of me, me, me about it all. There's a lot of like, well, what, what about us? And also through the last week, the thing that really this really annoyed us is the amount of parties, CDU, AFD, so on and so forth, who've come out very publicly to say how supportive they are of the farmers. Mm-hmm. But actually they all had within their VAL program, within their manifestos in 2021, the same policy that's being enacted by the government now. Mm. Even the fact that the government's rolled back a bit on it, it doesn't seem to have, have changed anything at all. I just find it all very overly performative. There was a thing that happened on Friday that I thought was quite funny. The SPD minister president of Brandenburg, Hubert uh, Voldke, mm-hmm. uh, went out to meet to meet the farmers demonstrating and there's a video of him like speaking to people and then there's a moment where he's walking, he's, I think he's about to leave and then he sees, he spots a farmer wearing an RFD hat mm-hmm. and he stops and then like pats him on the shoulder and says, he, he says basically to him, listen, you're wearing the wrong hat and the farmer's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about and he goes, do, do you want to cut in subsidies? Because that's what the RFD wanted in their basic program for the last election and he said you should read it and it speaks to like a lack of informed opinion mm-hmm. even among the farmers like mm-hmm. they they are oh, like i've got an rfd hat they support the farmers and it's like no the fucking don't like mm. i just feel like there's a lot of ill-informed people mm. which which just makes things kind of worse really people seem to get on the wagon of ah we want the coalition to break up we don't want the this party in power we want other people in power uh, i mean the ifd is also milking it to the hilt mm. and uh People are very misinformed, not knowing what the IFD stands for. There's another thing that I've noticed, and 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 we'll talk about the IFD in particular. But I keep reading stories about like, oh, loads of people stopped voting for Delinka and went and voted for the IFD, and I'm like, does anyone understand how politics work? Like they're, they're two ends of the spectrum. Like like, oh, I'm going to stop voting far left, but I'm going to vote far right now. And I'm like, does that? Does, what does that say about voters? Like that is a decision that any sensible person would make. It's like, oh well, the far left aren't helping me. Tell you who will help me: the far right. <laughs> like, <laughs> diametrically opposed opposites like i don't understand i know they talk about the horse the horseshoe and how extreme left and extreme right eventually meet in the middle but uh i don't i don't know i just can't i can't see the logic of of of, of that personal um but yeah very weird times in germany at the moment very weird times Obviously, one of the major stories we've been following since last year has been the continuing growth in support and rise in the polls for Germany's far-right AfD party. They have again been in the news over the last week after investigative journalists at non-profit newsroom Corrective released a story that AfD politicians and the main advisor to the AfD leader, Alice Weidel, had attended a secret far-right meeting slash fundraiser, it was 5,000 euros ahead, by the way, which was held in Potsdam in the north of Germany, uh, with the central discussion focusing on the concept of remigration, or remigration, I think is the German pronunciation, uh, which is the idea of enforced repatriation of immigrants and even German citizens deemed not to have integrated enough, which sounds, well, frankly, terrifying. 
In reaction to this uh, news story, thousands of people protested in Potsdam on Sunday. Uh, Mayor Mike Schubert of the SPD called for the rally on the Altmarkt in, Brand in the Brandenburg state capital. And Schubert mentioned that he, he reckoned there was about 10,000 participants. Demonstrators held up posters with slogans such as Potsdam is colorful, it's uh, Potsdam ist bunt. Uh, and we stick together. Among the participants were Chancellor Olaf Scholz, SPD, of course, and Federal Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock of the Greens, uh, who said, I stand here as one of thousands of Potsdam residents who stand up for democracy and against the old and new fascism. Brandenburg's Science Minister Manja Schuler uh, of the SPD and faction leaders of the SPD, CDU, Greens and Left in the Brandenburg State Parliament also took part in the rally. There was a rally in Augsburg as well and something really interesting happened. We've got a CSU mayor in Augsburg called Eva Weber. She's CSU. I can't say I've supported her. I've seen her a few times at various different events. She gave a speech where she criticized her own party for not doing enough about the far right and for buying into their kind of bullshit. And I was like, holy shit. Like that's a really first time I've heard a CSU politician break ranks and go, what we're doing is just as bad. So that was really interesting. So I'm wondering if there's maybe going to be some kind of shift, but, um, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on the protest. Also, there's a side note. Remigration, remigration is now Germany's unvert or bad word of the year. And the question I have for you is, do you think that's a good thing or is it popularizing the term and making it more difficult to kind of discuss? So, yeah, first things first, what do you think about the, the, the demonstrations or, or what's happened in Potsdam? And what do you think about remigration being Germany's unvert of the year? I, I saw this and I... And I had a, I think I had a pretty good idea where Potsdam is, but I still went and had a look on the map because I had this idea. It's like, why did they have the secret meeting in Potsdam? Why didn't they just go to the Wannsee um, and and you know go, <laughs> just you know go the whole hog? <laughs> if you're going to reenact the Nazis, you might as well reenact the Nazis, right? Ex yeah. Exactly, exactly. In in terms of the term. Remigration. I actually like it. I tell you why I like it because it's it's so clear what they're talking about. That there are so many, and I don't mean I like it in a, in a good a good way. I like it because I know exactly what they're talking about. Nothing's hidden behind some fancy term. It's it's an appalling mm -hmm. concept, and you can grab immediately that it's an appalling concept just from the name of it you don't have to think is there a double meaning here or something it, it just yeah so so in some ways i'm kind of mm. glad that it's been called remigration because nothing's mm. hidden if if you understand what i mean it's, it's like a thing in um tarantino's inglorious bastards right where where he talks about at some point you can take the the Gestapo uniform off and pretend uh, that you're not, you weren't part of it, you know? Mm. And it's like, it, it's that ambig ambiguity. Oh, I wasn't, oh, I didn't mean that. That's not how I meant to say it, you know? It's like heart on the sleeve, full on racism, yeah. which is, I would say, probably easier to combat than this kind of subtle, um, underhanded approach that we've seen certainly since 2016. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could think of a good example of something which I think is, more oblique, less obvious, um, in contrast to this term. I'm sorry, I can't, but, but yeah, so that's why I can't. Alternative facts might be one. Alternative facts might be one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. If I can, th if I can think of one, I'll, I'll, I'll come back, but, but yeah. So that, so it sort of gets a tick for me 
but only in that very specific sense. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Dilly? Um, the way Simon put it, I, I, I do agree with him. They're, they're, they're not trying to make it look nice. They're not trying to make a bad concept sound good. They've dug it with both hands. So uh, it's mm-hmm. there and they can't fight it. When, when mm-hmm. we say that we don't, that, that that's appalling, they, they can't make it any prettier. I'm glad that the word is gaining traction and, and the concepts that were discussed. So they, they're not, uh, they're also against people who have citizenship who and they want to get rid of people who are German, but just not mm. born in Germany. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think it was the idea that somehow they'll assess whether someone is integrated enough and uh, yes, and yes. They, would, they would then then say this person deserves to be deported because they haven't drunk enough vice beer this week or something. I, I bet it's ridiculous if you think about it because I'm sure they wouldn't it look is. at me or you, Nick, twice, right? You know, um, European, yeah. Anglo-Saxon um, skin color, our pronunciation is challenged. My German is extremely challenged. I've been here for three years. You'd think I'd be the first one on the boat out, right? Because there are people who've come from, uh, should we say, non-Anglo-Saxon countries who have uh, learnt German, know a lot more about what's going on, have integrated far more than me into German society. And and I suspect the AFD wants to throw those people out first. And I think it's got nothing to do with anything other than a prejudice against their skin colour, to be honest. Yeah. My boyfriend and I discussed this because, um, uh, I mean, he looks like any of you, white. Nobody would look at him twice, except when he talks in German, he has a Dutch accent. But then again, it's a Dutch accent, so maybe he'll pass. There are people worse off than me, but I'm also not, I I, I have no idea. I'm very probably not the ideal immigrant either. Well, if you didn't complain so much, Dilly. But but I think... <laughs> Sorry, it was such a cheap shot. It's okay. I already got one at you. They've, they've counted all the letters you've sent, and you're in trouble. I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, if if someone, I mean, if if one of the criteria is going to be, um, say, the umlaut, uh, yeah, I'm I'm out on the next point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all fucked, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the uh, one of the one of the invitees to this conference was the right-wing extremist from Austria Martin Sellner and uh, who was apparently the one who'd proposed this idea of this master plan of of as is described in the uh, Tagesschau article I was reading to uh, introduce uh, remigration as a concept and how it would work and um all I'm going to say is right and it's something I said off mic, but I'm going to say it on mic. Why is it, right, that all these right-wing pricks, they all just look weird as fuck. They all just look like the weirdest collection like, like of, of absolute arseholes. Like, I've yet to see a member of a far-right group who doesn't just look like a fucking blithering weirdo who should be living in their parents' basements. And Mr. Martin Selner has that element to him <laughs> where he just, he just, you look at him, you're like, why would anyone believe a fucking single word that comes out of his stupid face? Like, it's just like, who comes up with these fucking ideas? Like, imagine trying to do this. Imagine, like, it's just, they're, they're living in a fucking fantasy world, man. They're like, they're all high on their own supply. Mm. 
and like what like i just i can't this this like former identarian with his fucking awful shaved haircut and his just it just it just screams fascism like every time i see these people they go this person's a fascist and you see a picture of them and you go yep well this person's a right-wing extremist and you're like yep yep they fucking look like it it's like they've, they've the only thing that like maybe detracts from that perspective of them being like a a, a, a total scumbag is the fact they've probably got a nice suit on but that's it it's pure like wolf in sheep's clothing I just can't imagine anyone paying 5,000 euros to sit in a room with those pricks. And there was a fair few people as well. One of the investors in the burger chain, Hans and Gluck, uh, um, they, um, was it Hans and Gluck? I can't forget, I forget. But a um, really popular nationwide chain was involved in organizing it. And the Hans and Gluck swiftly removed them from the board, I think it was, or, or has, has, has parted ways with the, the, this investor which suggests that the reaction to this quite toxic meeting is is has been has been quite swift along with the uh the 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 protests the other side to this is an uh, that Alice Vidal who is this um, the leader of the RFD her advisor Roland Hartvig uh, was apparently in attendance at the event and Alice Vidal has distanced herself from this person but it's like that thing of they do this all the time the, the, remember we discussed the 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 young lad who was got into the the Bavarian Parliament as a member of the RFD, and it turned out he had loads of like right wing memorabilia and was a member of like a band society, and it, and it turned out they were total like right wing, mm-hmm. and no one's surprised that like a literal Nazi has snuck their way into the RFD, uh, and I'm sure he's not the only one. And another one that you looked at and went, "Yep, they look like a fucking Nazi." Uh, <laughs> Like, and there's another one. Um, and then the RFD turn around and go, oh, it's, oh, it's nothing to do with it. How could we have known that we had a fascist in our midst? We're not like that. And this is exactly what they've done in this instance, where they claimed it wasn't an RFD event and that remigration will not be a future policy of the RFD. And uh, uh, there's been renewed calls for the RFD to be banned as a political party. Yeah, I'm not sure what you think of that. I don't think it's necessarily the likeliest thing to happen i don't know you can't you can't ban an idea like that's how ideas work right you, they're sort of amorphous blobs you can't you can't just ban them but according to the grund gazette a party can only be banned if it's based on their goals or behavior of their supporters aim to impair or eliminate the free democratic basic order or endanger the existence of the federal republic of german germany and that's from article 21 paragraph 2 of the grund gazette so there is precedent but whether it's likely to happen or whether it's even a good idea is debatable. Uh, and it seems a little tricky to be able to ban an entire party. Although uh, a recent petition has seen nearly a million people, German voters especially, demanding that the basic law, the Grundgesetz, be suspended in regards to a particular RFD politician, Björn Hooker, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, in the courts in 2019 said uh, is allowed to be legally described as a fascist because you know of the things that he says and the speeches that he gives so uh, i'm going to hand over to you simon because you've got you got a bit on this story about about the uh, the petition and, and Bjorn hooker so what have you found out on that topic simon? yeah so on the 12th of january uh my normally sleepy neighborhood whatsapp group uh, jumped off into territory unknown as far as i was concerned 
I think I may have mentioned before, it usually concerns itself with arranging summer and winter parties, the advent calendar event that we had through December, and which is the prime reason why I've ballooned so much over the holiday period. Um, it was all that alcohol and mince pies, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and and if there's a speed camera down the hill, um, the someone will usually post on the on the WhatsApp group. I mean, it's it's really. It, it's it's quite a, a friendly place. But on the 12th of January, as I was saying, I got this message inviting me to join an online petition to stop the, the herker. Okay, we've got umlauts here. We're in big trouble, team. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, really, really. We, did, we, we all promised not to say anything about hooker. hooker I believe hooker, is the best hooker, word. Hook, yeah. Hooker. <coughs> uh, uh. Sorry, Dilly, were yeah. you going to correct me then? <laughs> Dilly's, Dilly's unimpressed. <laughs> Of course, it was in German, but I'm, everything I did, I translated it all in, into English. So um, the petition is, is referring to Björn Hücher, who we've talked about previously on the podcast and obviously um, Nick's mentioned tonight. So he's an AFD politician, a member of the Thuringia State Parliament, the Landtag, uh, and he's been there as, a, as an MP since 2014. He was one of the founders of the AFD Turingia and is the speaker of their parliamentary group and is the spokesman for the AFD Turingia Regional Association. So he's a big wig in the AFD in Turingia. Okay. Now, he was co-leader of the AFD's far-right Der Flügel, or Umlauts, uh, faction. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah, yes, so yes. that means the wing faction. Um, however, that faction was actually dissolved after Germany's domestic intelligence agency classified it as extremist. I, I don't quite mm -hmm. understand how all these people who were in the organization uh, that was classified as extremists are not, therefore, are they not you know, it doesn't quite make sense that you can disestablish an, an, uh, an extreme group, but what do you do with all the extremists? Isn't, don't you still have the problem? I would have thought. Okay, I'm not sure we can answer that question, but it just seems, it seems crazy to me. It's a very pertinent question. I agree with you. I mean, you yeah, can't, yeah. okay, the organization doesn't, it's, it's comprised of people. And if it's, if the organization is extremist, then, then the, the people in the organization are, ex are extremists. Yeah. Yeah, that stands to reason. And if you disband it, then mm. these people go and join other parties and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. It was the other party that was extremist. And if this is the level of internal intelligence we have, I don't know whether we, can, we should probably <laughs> just call it internal and leave the word intelligence out of it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it actually gets worse. Believe it or not, it actually gets worse for this guy. I mean, it... it yeah, it's amazing that he's still a politician in some ways because he's actually set to face trial for using banned Nazi rhetoric used mm -hmm. during a speech mm -hmm. he gave in 2021, which I'm not going to repeat here. I think you can you can look it up, all the news. Uh, I think that I saw it in a Politico story. I mean, you can find it in German or in English. I just I, I don't uh, need to repeat just it here. even Google the images. Yeah. You've seen yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Or probably Google him and you'll, you'll soon find what yeah. he said. Yeah. But um, according to a story I found in the ASB Zeitung, dated the 30th of November, a trial date has not yet been, been set. So this all kicked off last year and we still don't actually have a trial date, or at least by the end of September. I, or 
sorry, November, we, we didn't know at a trial date. And I couldn't find a more up-to-date news story about that. I don't know if either of you two have, have heard what the status is. No, I haven't heard anything on it. It seems to be, uh, it seems to be like so many things, just caught in a bureaucratic mire of, of shit. But who knows when it'll actually reach the courts. Yeah, yeah. I did look him up. I just looked him up because I, I don't think I've seen him. I've only read about him. And uh, Nick's theory is kind of proven by his face. It does, right? It does. Like, if you put if you put three images together and one of them was him and I said, which one's the fascist? I would know. You're going to choose the waxy facsimile of a fucking fascist <laughs> that he that he looked. It just, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, do people look at him and go, yeah, that's a leader, you know? There's nothing pleasant about him. I wouldn't want that face as my neighbor. I mean, much less political leaders. Look at him. There's something off-putting. All of them in the party have this have this unique ability to look like someone's put like a streak of shit under their nose because they all have this like Hocknaza kind of like like look about them. They, they look very angry. Like yeah. even Alice Weidel. Yeah. All the time. She, yeah. She 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 talks like she's sitting on a fire. <laughs> they, they, like she's just swallowed a fucking wasp. Very unpleasant. <laughs> But they all do. They all got this like smarmy kind smarmy. of smarmy. I, I had that word them, in my yeah. head. Yeah. And it's like, do you know when you first heard Donald Trump, right? Uh, and yeah. you were like, I can't believe people take this fucker seriously. Yeah. yeah. And then this is something that, that that definitely happened in 2016, but seems to be happening to me on a regular basis. YouTube is desperate for me to watch as much right wing content as possible. Mm. It keeps honestly recommending me um, Katie Hopkins, who is a, a right wing. Mm -hmm fucking lunatic in the uk uh, yesterday and every time i'm on shorts every 10th video is a beer hooker speech that he gave in turingia or he's given at a, an event i'm constantly they're trying to get me to watch that shit so i've actually watched a few of the things he said and they're just debilitatingly dumb mm. like they're just not even it's not even like kind of master plan concealed yeah. rhetoric mm. in there it's just just stupid shit that idiots would 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 believe and i know you're not meant to say oh well afd voters are idiots but i kind of like i'm beginning to get to a point now where i'm like if you're an ignorant fucker who, who's like at a protest uh wearing the badges and clothing of the afd and have no idea that their policies are actually will negatively impact your life then i don't know what to call you Ignorant, I suppose, but do you know another term for an ignorant? Stupid fucker. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, seeing these I don't faces. What, I just don't know what to think. Seeing these faces, I mean, yeah, they, they, these faces make my survival instincts kick in. How do you go to like yeah. a meeting and like, you know, clap and mm. applaud them and watch them and not feel like this is not going to end well? It's like, you know, you, you see yeah. dog shit, you circle it. Yeah. Same principle applies. If he was trying to sell me a fucking mobile phone in a T-Mobile store, I'd fucking leave. Like, yeah. I'd, like they're just like they're, they're, I don't, I, I can't work out the appeal. But maybe, no. maybe I'm just not the target market. But yeah, um, so yeah, Simon, you you were going to tell us about this petition. So yeah, this petition. What's it all about? So the petition's been organised by Compact, a German non-governmental organisation that aims at creating political pressure in a wide variety of issues through mass digital mobilisation. That quote comes straight out of Wikipedia. Uh, and further from Wikipedia, the origins of the organisation and the first activists are in or were in the anti-nuclear and environmental movement, but Compact has addressed a variety of topics over the years. Now, 
If you jump on their website and follow the link to the petition, it states Bjorn Hooker is a truly dangerous enemy of liberal democracy. Mm -hmm. I'm quoting here, obviously. This is demonstrated time and time again, but there is a way to stop him. The forfeiture of fundamental rights under Article 18 of the Constitution, which is lower threshold than a party ban and therefore more realistic. Hooker would then no longer be able to be elected. Okay, so that's my translation. No, you well, actually using Diepel, uh, full disclosure, um, of, of the German statement on the website. Okay, now further, it says, the mothers and fathers of the basic law, the Grundgesetz, yeah, aware of their experiences during the Weimar Republic, have prepared instruments to defend themselves against enemies of the Constitution. In addition to complete party ban at state or federal level, the forfeiture of fundamental rights under Article 18 of the Basic Law is a targeted measure against individual enemies of the Constitution. And the forfeiture of fundamental rights means that those who misuse them to fight against the free democratic basic order can be deprived of their individual fundamental rights. An application for the forfeiture of fundamental rights can be filed by the Bundestag, the federal government, or a state government. In this case, the federal constitutional court decides on the extent and duration of the forfeiture. And the point of this is, in the course of the forfeiture of fundamental rights, the right to vote, eligibility to stand for election, and the ability to hold public office can also be revoked for the duration of the forfeiture. That's under Section 39, brackets 2 of the Federal Constitutional Court Act. So, can you guess why this is such a big deal, particularly in this year? Um, I, I suspect I know the answer, but I'll let you uh, mm -hmm. illuminate the listeners. Okay. So if anyone who's, who's keeping up with the play at the moment, there are, I think, three state yeah, elections correct. this year, and they're all mm -hmm. eastern states. And of course, Thuringia is an eastern state. So obviously, the idea here is that, and, and actually a real risk that the AFD could emerge as, as the strongest force in the state parliament in Turingia at this year's election. So so people are extremely mindful of, hey, is there some way we can block this guy from, from effectively getting into really high level of power in Turingia? So that's that's why this action has basically mm. been launched. See, this is something that I was, uh, I was speaking to somebody on, on, on Twitter about uh, the other week. And I've kind of come to like a rather disappointing theory on things just through my experience of britain which is one of the ways that the tory party has destroyed itself is by the fact that it's been in government um, for a long period of time but certainly has been in government over the last five years and has failed abjectly to solve the problems that they said they would solve and even with a very pliant media that we have in the uk it's very f supportive of, of the tory party what what has become essentially a far-right party as it is now the infrastructure that has been built around this party to protect it from scrutiny and to protect it from the sort of actual the reality of what they are coming out has failed entirely to the point that where there was a report today that said this could be a total wipeout in the election coming in 2024 and it's, it's built this theory in my mind that 
and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and, and it's probably, it's kind of sacrilegious almost to say it, but maybe the best way to combat the far right is for them to win a state, and then they've got to make all the decisions, and they've got to do, fix all the things, because what is noticeable about the municipal mayors and um, representatives that we talked about last year who got into positions of power and uh, was a big story about how these first municipal leaders in the AfD had been elected in in the east of Germany, in these eastern states, how many of them, as soon as they got elected, turned around and went, oh, do you know all the stuff we promised? We can't actually do any of that. And so all the things like, we'd, yeah, we said we'd give you all free childcare, but actually we can't afford it. And I'm wondering what happens to their support base that when they finally get power and are incapable of enacting all the things they've said they can enact, whether you'll have like almost a Brexit moment. And, and I know it's dangerous to say that, but I kind of feel like maybe the only way you inoculate yourself against the far right is by experiencing it in some capacity in, in a position of power. But I mean, I, that's a theory that I'm, I'm not entirely convinced by myself, but it's something that I've definitely been thinking about a lot. Um. I just want to say that I you, you sent the link around to the petition where people wanted to ban him, Bjorn Hooker, yeah. and I was uh, very happy to <laughs> add my name to it. Sign it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I mean, life in Sachsen Anhalt is difficult as it is, and imagine mm -hmm. the imagine these people uh, being uh, in even more powerful positions it's it's going to be un unimaginable and unmanageable but but even in even in states like Thuringia they're not Poland at a majority that still have to form a coalition yeah they're 36 percent right so they're not even they're not even at the 40 percent mark and potentially they could get just under the 36 that they're polling at so that either they combine with a load of independents or another party joins with them, but I can't see which other party would want to put themselves in that position where they're the party that brought the first far-right parliamentary leaders into, into their position. I just can't see how that works. This is, this is where the idea comes in that uh, we might be able to ban certain parties because even if these people don't have a majority, and have to form coalitions, it still means that, that their growing popularity is already acting as a loudspeaker to their ideas, which gives other people the um, um, idea that they can take liberties. Uh, just the popularity is dangerous enough. And like 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 the some of the farmers we just spoke about um uh, this means that the coalition is not going to be in power and you know the ifd they stand for us i mean with with this level of misinformation and they're riding this wave it's uh, i mean it's detrimental to the fabric of democracy and the idea that democracy uh, th that we have to let these parties be for the sake of democracy is using democracy to its own end. No, not to. Uh, do you know? Did did I say that right? I mean, it's using democracy. Yeah, like so they they're using they're using it like uh, like against itself. Against basically. itself, yeah. Is they're using democracy uh, in order to. Uh, uh, I don't want I don't want to get dramatic here, but like you know, to bang in that last nail on it sort of thing i don't quite see what's wrong with banning this party the ifd 
there is a, a movement to ban the party or, or ban someone like Bjorn Hooker from having the right to mm-hmm. stand. And and part of me, the part of me is like, the logic would be, oh, well, if you ban them, you only make them stronger. But it feels like in this current moment, every decision we make is like, oh, it's only going to make them stronger if you do that. And so we do nothing. And I think as the petition points out, the the people who made the Grunt cassette mm. gave us tools to to so that what happened in in the 1930s won't happen again mm-hmm. and i don't think it's the same as the 1930s i think there's a lot of differences mm-hmm. and one of them i think as we discussed is the fact that these people these, these fuckers have to go on television and people have to look at them and go huh. like it's not just a radio voice mm-hmm. it's like oh that person doesn't look like sane or doesn't look trustworthy so i think that's a different big difference but that's us. That's us saying that. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, true, true, true. I, I, I get your point, though. It's uh, they have to deal with social media. People react to, reacting to yeah. them in real time, and not like one week later when they've listened to the radio yeah. radio program uh, in the pub yeah. uh, where they meet. So, um, and I, and I, I get what you and mean. I think I think it's it's that thing of like what is it Mark said about. Um, the 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 history repeats itself first is tragedy then is farce and i feel like this is where we're at it seems like a farce to not use the tools that we have available to us or even to consider using them because we're scared of making them stronger and it's like there has to be tools that we can use there has to be ways of combating them because otherwise we just sit on our hands and do what what has happened before which is basically nothing and just let this shit happen but I do think protest is, 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 is the way forward myself That brings us to the end of the show. We are off to sign Nick up for assertiveness training with his bakery shoes. Oh, I, I might need it. It might help. A workshop over the weekend, maybe. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag Decades From Home, all lowercase, on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dillion at Dillyalgama, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal. Cheers! Cheers.